Hi, I'm Wayne Rogers, and I invite you, as always, to meet me at the mountain. This is Episode 7 of the Meet Me at the Mountain podcast. I'm certainly grateful for you checking out this podcast, and I'm thankful for all of those who follow the podcast, and for those who maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us today. And please go back and listen to some of the other episodes. It'll help you to get to know me a little bit better and to follow along with my journey uh, over the mountain of life. Please follow, give us a review of this podcast, and go and check out the other podcasts that are located on the Scattered Abroad Network, and I'm sure that you will be uh, certainly glad that you did. As we journey through this study, let's note that in our last episode, we talked about Faith's Mountain from James chapter 2 and Genesis 22. A study of Abraham revealed the type of faith that we should have in this life to be found pleasing unto God. Abraham went through quite a test, in fact, uh, in Genesis 22. In our discussion today, we want to consider Friendship's Mountain. I have never heard anyone ever say that they had too many friends, or that they wished for fewer, less meaningful types of relationships. I think we each long for good, solid relationships, especially those that are more connected through common ground and deeply rooted in Christ and family, and to have friendships that are, uh, even when we're apart for great lengths of time, can be simply sparked back up with just a hug and a quick conversation as if time has never separated us to begin with. And I think we just experienced that, uh, uh, having just gone to Polishing the Pulpit again uh, this year, where this happens so often, uh, maybe... We only get to see someone maybe once a year at Polishing the Pulpit, and then, you know, we get to, we see each other in the hallway, and we hug, and it's like time has never passed, and, and we're just able to pick up where we've, where we've always been. And so those, those meaningful, deeper friendships are the ones that we truly need in this life. They help us maintain that walk with our God. Together like Enoch, we can walk together with God, Genesis Five and verse 24. In our last study, in fact, Abraham was said to be a friend of God, Isaiah 41 verse 8. Our friendship with God is most important, and in fact, it helps to forge those new relationships and true friendships in the Lord. In Exodus 33, 11, it tells us that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friends. This is the kind of relationship I think we, we certainly want to have with God because we are the sons of God by faith, according to Galatians 3, 26 and 27. Jesus would explain to his apostles, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you, John 15 and verse 14. And we too can be the friends of God and his son by faith in him. And so our, our friendship with God is the most important relationship that we can certainly have. But I believe that it helps us to forge new relationships and true friendships in the Lord. And so it, opened door, it opens doors of opportunities for us um, to have friends who share in that, what Peter would call that like precious faith. The book of Proverbs teaches us how to both navigate these relationships and friendships, especially but it tells us what to look for in a friend. Proverbs 13.20 tells us, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. 
So it's important for us to walk alongside of those who maybe are wiser than us. They'll help us along the way. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. And so the, you can see both sides of this. Walk with those who are wise. Don't walk with an angry man who's uh, furious, and, and he's, he's just going to be a, a snare for your soul. And so the Proverbs writer gives us what to look for in a friend. But also he talks about loyalty. That's certainly of great importance when it comes to friendship. Proverbs 18.24 reminds us a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 19 verse 6 says, Many entreat the favor of nobility, and every man is a friend to the one who gives gifts. And so you can see where situation could arise that somebody uh, you know, is, is just kind of looking for what they can get out of that relationship. But a man who has friends must show himself friendly. And so for relationships to work and for especially friendships to work, it, it's, a, it's a constant give and take. Uh, it, it's a relationship that's built on, on trust and care for one another and compassion for one another. And we'll see an example of that in just a moment. But keeping our words and not spreading secrets and not gossiping certainly is going to help maintain those good friendships. Proverbs 16, 28 reminds us a perverse man sows strife and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Proverbs 17, 9 says, He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. And so, what kind of friend are we to one another? Are we that type of friend who seeks out of love to help a brother or sister who's in a transgression? Or are we one who would go and repeat the matter to someone else? One writer wrote that, a, that true friendship is more like a covenant than a contract. We often treat relationships like we're consumers. We befriend someone for the benefits that we're going to receive. Uh, like a contract, though, when the, when the relationship doesn't give us the goods that we want, we leave. That's the end of that. There's a great Bible example, I think, of a friendship seen in Jonathan and David. And this is after David has beaten the giant Goliath. 1 Samuel 18 records how that friendship sparked between Jonathan and David. 1 Samuel 18, beginning of verse 1, it says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, this is David, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Verse 3 says, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him, and he gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war 
And he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. But what's telling about this occasion, and, you know, really we just have two or three verses, really, that, that kind of tell us what's going on, but there's so much that has to be going on in the background here. here here's, here's David recounting what's happened with Goliath to King Saul, and Saul's son, Jonathan, a prince, hears this, and he's not, he's not envious, he's not jealous of David and the attention that he's getting, but rather he he just immediately he just loves this guy. He's he's great. I, I just forever want to be around him. That and the, this relationship, this friendship sparks immediately and it's just he loved him as his own soul, made a covenant with him, gives him his robe, which is quite impressive for a prince to give that to him. And obviously his 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 sword, his bow, his belt, and all all of his armor and all of that as well. Their souls were knit together immediately, without envy or jealousy on the part of David, the king's son. They they formed this this bond and this foundation for a, the friendship of a lifetime. Some have called it. And how could it form so quickly? Some might say. I think there are those with whom you meet that you just know. I mean, Jonathan had a strong faith in Jehovah, according to 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. And so did David. 1 Samuel chapter 16, That's you see the Spirit of the Lord was with David as he beats Goliath. And that foundation was a great forge, if you will, to, to melt these souls together in a bond that was just unbreakable. Jonathan would have to defend David, even help David, Avoid the rage and the wrath of his father, King Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 19. We might each think about a friend with whom we've had such a great relationship. Things that we've shared together that that no one else has. I I certainly have had those friends. I still have those friends. I've had some great friends through the years. One of my dearest friends that I, I shared the gospel with early on, right after I obeyed the gospel, and he very soon obeyed the gospel and then taught his future wife, and then they were married, and we, we all began preaching the gospel about the same time and, and enjoyed a great fellowship and friendship. We got to work close to one another for nearly half of my preaching career. What, what a blessing it was to have uh, him as, as a friend so close always and, and together in this work of the Lord. It was what a blessing it has always been to me. I've had some great brothers whom I can count as wonderful friends that that have helped carry burdens, my burdens, on numerous occasions, and I, I love them so dearly for doing so and to be with me in that way, and, and I only pray that I can do and have done the very same for them as well. The closest friend that I have, though, is my wife, Cindy. She has stood beside me 30 years come this November, November 20, uh, November 2023. She's been a preacher's wife for 28 of those years, a Navy wife when we first married, but she has always been my best friend. And the thing about friends is that you want one who will not just tell you what you want to hear. I mean, that's okay sometimes. Sometimes we need to be built up, and and so there are things that, sure, we want to hear and all of that, but 
truthfully, we really need a friend who will tell us what we need to hear, not just what we want to hear. We want to go to heaven. We, we need friends who will help us get to heaven. Those are the kind of people that you want around, around you all the time. They're not looking for their own interests. They're, they're looking for the interest of others. And that's what the Apostle Paul would write, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look, not, look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. That's the kind of friends that we need, and that's the kind of friends that we need to be in this life. I want to thank you for spending your time with me in this study. In our next episode, we will meet at Recreations Mountain, and we will discuss if and what kind of recreation is, is pleasing to God. Is, is it the case that all recreation is pleasing to God? Let's, let's find out. Let's talk about those things. And so until we meet next, may God bless you and keep you. And thank you so much for meeting me at the mountain, and may God continue to bless our journey together up the mountain. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.